Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. John Miller here. Iowa Everywhere podcast. Miller and Williams. We're going to give Chris the night off much deserved but it's me again here on iowa everywhere brought to you by our friends at prairie meadows racetrack and casino sing it with me your favorite place to play and that might not have been in the right uh, the right pitch, but you get the idea. Get on out there to Prairie Meadows and have some fun, and we appreciate them for sponsoring this podcast. Iowa 92, Ohio State 75. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll also talk uh, a little bit about how the uh, Big Ten standings are shaping up, what's been going on in the Big Ten as of late. Also probably talk a little bit about Iowa State. I watched them play against TCU last night as I record this instantly after the Iowa game is over. Iowa 92, Ohio State 75 Iowa avenging an earlier season loss in Columbus to the boy I don't know if I want to call them the hapless Buckeyes but they are certainly uh, not playing well sorry for the bell in the background my cat is about eight feet away from me playing with the bell ginger right here not snoring uh, but, you know, so we've fixed that problem. And now the kitty cat is making all the noise. But, you know, we'll survive that. Iowa in this game, looking at their statistics, they averaged 1.415 points per possession for the entire game. At one point in time, about five minutes left, Iowa was at 1.49. Now, sometimes you'll see that type of number in a first half if a team just comes out and hits like 10 or 13 shots, something like that. But to have a team team averaged 1.415 points per possession for a game, a conference game in the Big Ten, that is a rarity. Doesn't happen a lot. Iowa, just a fantastic evening. And you look at how they distributed the ball. Iowa in this game, 23 assists on 37 made field goals. That's getting it done. Iowa, 57% from the floor. So was Ohio State. Iowa shot uh, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. Ohio State, 11 of 11. Uh, Iowa shot just 37% from three. Ohio State, they shot 53% from three. They made 8 of 15. Very solid numbers for Ohio State. Again, Ohio State, 57% from the floor. And Iowa still, even though they only shot 37% from three, only attempted 11 free throws and made eight, the Hawkeyes averaged 1.415 points per possession. Again, those statistics typically don't add up to that, but... It's what Iowa did in this contest. Uh, Tony Perkins, great bounce back game from him. He's put together a couple of big games out of the last three or so. 24 points for Tony, 11 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 3 from long distance. Uh, Chris Murray, 20 points, 8 of 13 from the floor to go along with 5 rebounds. Connor McCaffrey, a career best, 13 assists, 6 rebounds, 7 points, 35 minutes, 0 Turnovers. 
Connor McCaffrey will add to his national leading assist to turnover ratio, something that he's done quite a lot in his Iowa career. Peyton Sanford also gets into double digits for Iowa, four of nine from the floor, two of six from range, five boards. Patrick McCaffrey with nine points in 20 minutes of action. Uh, Josh Dix played four. Uh, Devontae Bowen played one. This is really down to a seven-man rotation. I think I saw Chad Leistico tweet something about that late in the game. Seven-man rotation. And I was been playing pretty darn good uh, overall for the past month, month and a half. You know, since... Um, since they lost at Penn State on January the 1st, they've won eight of 11 games. Indiana, Rutgers, Michigan, Maryland will wins. Then back-to-back losses at Ohio State, 93-77. Iowa puts up 92. By the way, Ohio State in that game that Iowa lost there, uh, Ohio State put up 50 points in the paint against the Hawkeyes. Uh, this particular game for Iowa points in the paint, uh, the Hawkeyes went out and put 44 up. So a pretty darn good turnaround for Iowa. Total rebounds, Iowa actually plus eight. Iowa with plus seven in turn Turnovers and then plus 12 in points off turnovers. Second chance points, Iowa plus 11. So, so many um, fantastic numbers for Iowa in this game. But really, the win column is what matters. Eight wins in their last 11 games. They lost at Ohio State. That sucked. They lost at Michigan State. Um, better Iowa teams than this one have gone to Michigan State and got smoked. Iowa lost that one by two. And Iowa lost to then number one Purdue, 87-73 last week. Man, Purdue. Talk more about them in a bit coming off back-to-back road losses at Northwestern and at Maryland. Iowa's remaining games, um, actually, they, they've won 9 of 12. The Ohio State game wasn't factored into the win-loss column, so 9 of their last 12. Sunday at Northwestern. Huge game for Iowa. Then they are at Wisconsin. Always a tough place to play, but this Wisconsin team is just not that good, and it just still pisses me off that Iowa lost that game to them earlier this year. Ticks me off that Iowa lost to Nebraska and Penn State earlier this year. Had they not lost those two and still lost to Wisconsin, Iowa would be tied with Purdue right now atop the Big Ten standings. Then it's Michigan State at home. Dangerous team, tournament team. Then at Indiana, which is going to be a really, really tough out for the Hawks. Indiana losing at Northwestern uh, also this last week. And Nebraska is the season ender. So right now, as it stands for Iowa, they have five regular season games remaining. In Big Ten play, Iowa is 9-6. and six. That is a tie for third place with Maryland, Indiana. Uh, Illinois is 8-6. Michigan State, 8-6. So Iowa is tied with four other teams in the loss column. Iowa has... Obviously, the early victory over Northwestern, earlier season victory over Northwestern. They also have a win over Maryland. They only play Maryland one time. They have a win over Illinois, only play them once. They play Indiana, but they already have the win there. So at worst, if Iowa would drop games to Northwestern and Indiana and win the rest, they're going to be tied with Northwestern and Indiana for seeding. Um, Then it gets a little bit dicey. We'll probably start running the... uh, Project the rest of the Big Ten games coming up here uh, later this week. It's always a fun time of year to do that. But Iowa is in position for one of the four double buys. The first four seeds in the Big Ten, top four seeds in the Big Ten tournament, get that double buy. If you're the fifth seed, you get a first round buy. 
Uh, but Iowa, again, starting out 0-3 in Big Ten play, and now the Hawkeyes are 9-6 in Big Ten play. Their offense is hitting on all cylinders. Defense, eh, you know, this just isn't going to be a defensive team, so we don't get too concerned about that. It's not why we tune in, right? But this is a team that appears headed for yet another NCAA tournament. This is a team that, let's say they go 4-1. and one. Let's say they beat either Indiana or Northwestern. And then they win two games in the Big Ten tournament. They could potentially play themselves onto the four line in the NCAA tournament. Certainly that would be good enough for a five-seed resume. Um, no worse than a six, but if they go four and one and win two in the Big Ten tournament, I think that that's no worse than a five, possibly a four. But right now, Joe Lenardi from ESPN has them as a six. What I'm about to say, I've said before, and I know that it sounds so damned obvious, but I'm still going to say it. Man, you want to be a six seed over a seven or an eight. Well, duh, John, you want to be as high as a seed as you possibly can. Yes, but if you're an eight or nine seed, you play the number one seed in the second round if you win your first game. If you're the uh, seven or 10 seed, you play the number two seed in your regional in the second round if you win your first round game. But if you're the six seed, as logic would dictate, you play the 11 seed in the first round, and the 11 seed can oftentimes be, uh, you know, a mid-tier power five conference team or a really good uh, mid-major team. But if you win that first game against the 11 and you're the 6, then the second round game, the game that if you win, you make it to the Sweet 16, is against the 3 seed. What does that look like right now? Well, I'm going to pull up bracket matrix. Uh, .com on the fly here as I'm doing this just to kind of get a feel. So this, you know, again, late at night hasn't been updated. So let's go down and look at the, their current three seeds. Tennessee, I watched them uh, beat Alabama, number one Alabama last night at home. Virginia, Marquette, and Kansas State. And I've watched Kansas State play as well. Also in range, Gonzaga, Xavier, Connecticut, and the Cyclones. Um... I I hate playing against the pack line defense that Georgia has. I absolutely hate that. Marquette, haven't seen them play. I've seen Kansas State play quite a bit. Tennessee, it's trouble. You're talking about teams with athletic backcourts, and that has been Iowa's kryptonite in the NCAA tournament. But if you're going to play against two seeds, Texas, UCLA, Baylor, Arizona, really the twos and the threes and probably the fours, all pretty similar this year. So this is going to be an absolute wide open uh, NCAA tournament. Maybe the most unpredictable NCAA tournament um, in my memory. I don't think that there is a clear cut, incredible team. Last year, Kansas won it. They were some chalk. Gonzaga, really good team, you know, that, that couldn't, you know, put it over the top. There's not a, a 2022 Kansas or a 2022 Gonzaga in this field. Don't see it. So, therefore, I think if you're a team seated, you know, two, three, four, five, even five seated, probably not a six. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see a five seed this year make it 
to the Final Four. Not a surprise at all, just because of how wide open this is. Right now, Bracket Matrix has Indiana, Miami of Florida, St. Mary's, and TCU as five seeds. And frankly, if TCU can get fully healthy by the time the tournament comes around or close to it, maybe get one of their you know good players back and, and healthy, that's a team that can make a Final Four run. Iowa State, I think, as I said earlier this season on the podcast, I think that they are a guard away from being a legitimate elite eight caliber quality team. But I think they're a guard away. Now, I know they're getting a little healthier there, but I I do think Iowa State making a return trip to the Sweet 16 would not surprise me in the least bit. The Big 12 just... It's 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 an amazing league, right? It's it's ranked so much higher than the Big Ten, who's the second highest ranked conference, in Ken Pomeroy's uh, numbers and his ranking system. The Big Twelve is not lapping the Big Ten this year, but it's close. I mean, the difference between the Big Ten at number two and say the Pac-12 at number five is about the same gap as the Big 12 is to the Big 10, according to Ken Pomeroy. And, man, that is going to be one heck of a fun tournament to watch. Kansas right now leads the Big 12 at 9-4. and four. Texas also at 9-4. and four. Baylor at 9-4. and four. So it's a three-way tie at the top. Iowa State right there at 7-5. and five. You know, they've already played. Uh, they've already played Kansas twice. Iowa State's remaining schedule. Kansas State on Saturday. That's away. Then Texas. That's away. You want to split those two. Then Oklahoma and West Virginia at home have to win both of those before you go to the season finale at Baylor. If Iowa State can finish three and two, um, you know maybe they're a two seed in the Big Twelve tournament. And if they can finish three and two. Right now, Pomeroy has them as his 15th best team in the country. I don't see that. I I think Iowa State's no worse, no worse than a four seed in the NCAA tournament if they go three and two over their five remaining games. Tall task, tough conference, great teams. This conference, the worst rated team right now in the Big 12 is Texas Tech, according to Ken Pomeroy, at 61st. Then Oklahoma's at 54th. Then after that, the rest of the eight teams, the lowest rated team is Oklahoma State at 29th. That is, it's just, it's a murderer's row. Big 10, honestly, this is probably one of the, I, I'm not going to say that the Big 10's down because of the second best conference in the country, but I would say that this is not the best the Big 10 has looked. This is probably one of the, um, I don't know. Over the last 10 years, this Big Ten might rank eighth as far as toughest, maybe ninth. It's certainly nowhere near the top half. Um, you know, your, your Northwestern is in second place by themselves. They're ranked 46th in Pomeroy's metrics. Purdue is sixth after their loss tonight against Maryland. Man, what is up with Purdue? Watching them play against Iowa, watching several of their games this year, I I felt like, man, you're going to need to have a stretch four or even a stretch five if there is such a thing. I mean, Garza was kind of a stretch five, but he was certainly more of a truer post, too, relative to his abilities, although, you know, old school post didn't hit the three the way that Luka hit the three. 
But I felt like you'd need a Luca Garza type post player that can pull Zach Eadie out of the paint because he's a one man zone and hit the three or make things easier for offensive rebounds, make things easier for your guards to penetrate and not have Zach Eadie waiting there. And I thought that's how it was going to need to be done. Um, of course, concerns with their youth at guard in the backcourt. The last two games that youth at guard has really showed, and Maryland tonight just attacked, attacked Purdue fearlessly, and it paid off for them. I mean, just a, a, a great win for Maryland. Maryland has won six of their last seven. 68-54 against Purdue. It wasn't a game that was even close. Uh, you know, in that winning six of their last seven, that also included a home win against Indiana. So they've beaten Indiana and Purdue at home in the last couple of weeks. Their losses this year in conference play, right out of the shoot in early December, Maryland lost to Wisconsin. They lost at Michigan. They lost at Rutgers, a Wisconsin game also away. They lost to Iowa in Iowa City. They lost to Purdue in West Lafayette, and they lost to Michigan State in East Lansing. They've only won one road game. So you want to get Maryland on the road. Maryland's remaining schedule uh, at Nebraska, and Nebraska's been playing some salty ball. Then home against Minnesota and Northwestern, and then at Ohio State and at Penn State. I mean, honestly, Maryland could go 5-0 and with that remaining schedule. And if they went 5-0, and they're going to be the team that's number uh, the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Iowa's game against Northwestern this weekend would give Iowa the head-to-head tiebreaker over Northwestern. 2-0. Huge game for... Uh, seeding implications, a huge game for double buy implications for Iowa. So definitely this Sunday, the stakes are high. No, a regular season Big Ten champ. Well, I shouldn't say no. I mean, if Iowa won the rest of its games and Purdue stumbled, well, Purdue would have to stumble three more times. That's unlikely. Purdue's remaining schedule, they've only got four games left. Home against Ohio State, that's a win. Home against Indiana, I think that's a win. At Wisconsin, I think that's a win. Home against, I think home against Illinois, that's a win. Purdue's going, I don't think Purdue's going to lose another game um, this year in Big Ten play. So, you know, winning the Big Ten regular season is a pipe dream. Iowa, even if they won the rest of their games, uh, would still be two back. And if Purdue lost two, Purdue would have the head-to-head over Iowa. Really, it's, you know, Northwestern Ten and five, Maryland nine and six, Indiana nine and six, Iowa nine and six, Illinois and Michigan State eight and seven. Rutgers, uh, Illinois and Michigan State eight and six. Rutgers and Michigan are eight and seven, but Rutgers with the injury, I think they're in trouble. So you got to get that four seed. You've got to get that four seed if you are the Hawkeyes. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. And Chris and I will be back together next week. I cannot tell you how excited I am um, to be joining Chris out in Las Vegas for the second the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Chris and I will be pumping out a lot of content out there. We're going to have a ton of fun. Thank you so much to Circa. As always, thank you to Prairie Meadows. And thank you for listening to Iowa Everywhere. We will talk soon.
Iowa everywhere.